This morning, we uh, continue our series, Walking by Faith, and our passage this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians four seventeen through 32. Ephesians four, seventeen to thirty-two. Before we read, let's come to God in prayer. God Almighty, we give you thanks for again this opportunity to be together as your people in your presence, bringing you praise and glory and honor, and hearing from your word. We thank you that we're able to just, again, read your ancient words and how they can be applied to our lives today. And Lord, as we read this word, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be upon us, opening our hearts and minds to what it is that you want to teach us. And and may we again see and be reminded of your amazing grace through your Son, Jesus Christ, and how we can respond in faith and obedience and love. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Ephesians four seventeen to 32. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and, when you, and, when, and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self to be created like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Do something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, this is a loaded passage. It's full. And we're going to be focusing on a couple of verses this morning. And those verses will come up on the screen and through this message as well. And as we are continuing with our series, as mentioned, Walking by Faith, for those who've just joined us for this series, we've been referring to four biblical values that uh, bring about transformation of ourselves. The first value that we talked about was integrity. Um, defined as what we are supposed to do when we're supposed to do it in the manner that it's to be done. So what we're, we do what we're supposed to do in the manner it's supposed to be done at the time that it's supposed to be done. And when we fail to have integrity, which is quite often, it's called an integrity gap, but then we get the opportunity to fix up our messes. 
Last week we talked about the value of love. We were reminded that love is quite simple, but it's not always that easy. It's difficult to always love people who are difficult to love. And sometimes we are that difficult person for somebody else to love. But we're commanded to love God, to love one another. Next week we're going to be talking about courage, so wait for that one. And today we talk about the biblical value of authenticity. And authenticity is difficult to define, um, but... as we heard through the kids' message, I think the best way to do it, say it is, simply put, it's about people being real. It's being yourself, being who God created you to be. And we can look at authenticity as being open and transparent with God, being authentic with God. And we can look at authenticity as being open and transparent with one another, being authentic with one another. It's people being real before God and before one another. People having value in Christ and being who we're called to be. And too often, however, we don't always like who we are. So we put on this different facade or different personality. Or we may say everything is going well when it's not. Or our present behavior is so shaped by our past experiences. And then perhaps we put up some sort of defense mechanism due to something that's occurred in the past. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. Again, not being the true person that God created us to be. And we say, we may say that, well, that's just the way I am. And chances are, if you use that phrase... It's probably not the way you're supposed to be. When I think of authenticity, I think of the term WYSIWYG. WYSIWYG is a system in computing in which text and graphics can be displayed on your computer screen while you are editing. As you're working on it, you can visualize the end result because it's being displayed right in front of you on the screen. Whether it might be a a document, kids working with documents or projects, a web page that you created, or even a slide presentation such as PowerPoint. WYSIWYG is an acronym for what you see is what you get. In a sense, there's authenticity in your work. As you are working on your project, there's going to be no surprises at the end result because what you see before you is what you're going to get as you go through. The true picture is portrayed right in front of you. And as God's people, we need to do our best to be the true picture of who God created us to be. And I think WYSIWYG can be applied to people too. What you see is what you get. And if I'm portraying a fake self to you and keeping some of my characteristics or emotions hidden or putting up a defense mechanism, well, what you see is what you get. And unfortunately, then, you don't get the true self. And we're called to portray our true self so that what people see is what they get. When they see you, they should see the true you. And there should be no surprises. When people look at us, it should be the true WYSIWYG. We need to strive to be authentic. 
Ephesians 4, 17-32, it's a passage as we read it. You could hear the terms, the old life and, and our new life in Christ. And so we need to look at the context of this whole letter for a moment. Because the letter to the Ephesians begins in chapter 1, verse 1. And of course, good place to begin. And it begins with the words, To the saints in Ephesus. To the faithful in Christ Jesus. So as you may notice, this letter is directed to the believers. To the saints. So in our reading today, Paul's not talking to the non-believers, but rather Paul is talking to a person who has made a decision to follow Christ and to live a Christian life. And if there are those here today who have not made a decision to follow Christ, maybe you haven't made public profession of faith yet, or you have and you've turned away from Christ, there's still wisdom and encouragement for you as well in this message. And you too have the opportunity to commit to Jesus and live an authentic life for him and towards others. So I guess I'm saying don't tune out. This passage is also in the context of explaining what it means to live in community. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. What it means to live as Christian community. To live as a body, to live as a church. How can we encourage one another, hold each other to account, and care for one another? We talked a lot about that last week. Love and compassion. How we can be an authentic community together. That what you see is what you get. Because a believer is not his or her own island in the middle of a lake. Rather, Paul encourages people to think, not individually, but in community. To think corporately. And in order to do that, we must think Christ-like. Think in relationship. As verse 24 reads, Paul encourages us to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Paul's not judging the Ephesians here. He wasn't passing judgment on the saints. He wasn't passing judgment on the Gentiles. But Paul was passing judgment on their behavior. Not the people, but on what they did. It was like Paul was stating, fine that you're an Ephesian, but you better put off that old self, that former Gentile behavior, and put on this new self. Become the Ephesian saints that you were called to be, in the Christian community that you were called to be. So this passage is about rejecting that self-centered individualistic life and that Gentile behavior that was prevalent at the time and accepting the new life through Christ. It's being the real deal, as we heard through the children's message. It's the true WYSIWYG. When people look at you, are they seeing that old self or are they seeing that new self, the self that God calls us to be? No surprises. Because God desires his people to be transformed more and more into his likeness, his righteousness, his holiness. And transformation occurs when we strive to be authentic. As Paul says in verse 25, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. He's referring to those of us in the church. How can we expect to be authentic outside the church if we can't be authentic inside the church? 
We're not called to live as the world lives. We're called to live differently. But when we look at our lives, are we people who will live out our faith? Are we people who live our life that we belong to Jesus, our Lord and Savior? We profess it. But do we live it? Our default is to pretend and appear that all is good because we're worried that if we show our true self, maybe people won't like us. So then we put on this public self. It's a self that might be that cleaned up version of who we want to be portrayed. And if we fall short at times, which we will, oh, that's just the way I am. Can't change that. God created us in his image. He created each of us differently, some with more emotions, some with less, some with more empathy, some with less. Each of us is wired differently, and each of us is broken in our own way. But each of us also continues to be a son or daughter of our Heavenly Father, and each believer has value in Christ. So Paul encourages, well, in fact, he insists to the believers in Ephesus how they should live not behaving like the Gentiles, like the non-believers. In verses 7 to 9, 17 and 19, the Gentiles were futile in their way of thinking. They were vain. They were only thinking of themselves. They didn't understand God. They were separated from a life with God. Preservation for themselves was self-preservation. They lost all sensitivity. They were no longer knew right from wrong. And they continually gave in to their evil desires and worldliness. And their lives centered around themselves rather than centering around Jesus and the Christian community. And this self-centered behavior of the non-believers created a distortion in their minds. How people think often reflects how they speak and how they behave. And if we have a self-protection and self-preservation in our minds our behavior will also be inward. And too often we see that in the church body. Paul states that we are people who are to renew our minds. We're called to be saints. We're called to be the Christian community. We're called to be authentic in our Christian community. Now being authentic is not about rejecting who we are. Rather, it's rejecting how we behave. No matter what we have done or not done, we're still sons and daughters of God our Father. And we have so much value because of what Jesus has done for us. So the Ephesians, they had to reject some of their lifestyle and behaviors. They had to put off the falsehood. And we too are are to be aware that although we live in the world, and yes, we are called to make disciples, we're called to go out into the nations of the world. But we should not live like the world. And we should put off the lifestyle of our old self. Live as a believer in Christ. Be the true WYSIWYG. And we live in a sinful world. And Paul's not naive that even the believer tends to lean towards sinful desires and the sinful life. Even the believer tends to lean towards that self-preservation. And Paul encourages and insists that we need to constantly train and work at putting that old self off, putting that new self on in Christ. And it's not easy. It is a process. It's not just like this one-time deal that now we got it. We've come. We've arrived. We have to intentionally and continually put off the old self and to wear that new self 
God's likeness, holiness, righteousness. What better way to give you an example of authenticity than to be authentic myself? Throughout my life, I've had a resistance to certain people. People in the church, people in my family. When I was in an accounting firm, I had resistance to some clients. Even sometimes the resistance to people that I don't know. And it didn't matter, whenever I would meet these people, we'd typically butt heads. And I understand every relationship's Every relationship takes two sides, but I can only speak on my side and I can only work on my behavior in my relationships. So the Ritter Church Renewal, you know the journey that we're on as a church, it begins with personal transformation. So personal transformation, we, each of the group members in the Ritter Church Renewal that you've supported over these last couple of years have been going through a journey of personal transformation and it's been noticed. And I trust it's been noticed by you. And I trust that it's going to be trickling down into the church. Because personal transformation then moves into corporate, congregational transformation. It's not going to happen overnight. But you will see it happen. Now one of the things that I learned from Ritter was through an exercise that we all had to go through. And that was recreating on paper our life story. You've heard other members share this before. It's sort of an autobiography of whatever life events we could remember and that were significant and impacted us. And as I went through my life story, I reflected on a certain many incidents when I was picked on as a kid in elementary school. And I'm sure there's many others that can relate to that as well. I had some physical deformities that, of course, kids will notice right away and then tease. I was pushed around... I was bullied. And as I got older, because of this experience that went on as a kid, I began to live by a negative promise to myself, right? It's that self-preservation thing. And that negative promise to myself was that nobody is going to push me around again. Nobody is going to order me around or bully me. Now, some of you are probably thinking, hmm, now I get it. (laughs) I think it's important to note that it's not about disrespecting authority. I respect authority. I don't have a problem with authority. It's not that I have to be right all the time. That's not what it's about, although I do like to be right all the time. It's simply that I will get defensive when when I perceive that I'm being pushed around, whether it's verbally or emotionally. A wall of defense will go up. So through Ritter, I came to realize, it's only in the last couple of years, I came to realize that if someone would have an opposing view and appear to be pushing their weight or raise their voice, something inside of me would trigger and stir. And I would immediately get my back up and I often want to raise my voice and get defensive and even go into name-calling. Oh, but that's just the way I am, right? And I thought so, but wrong. Because this is not how God designed me to be. This defensive person arguing against the other person, who, by the way, may very well have that same baggage as I do, is not the way that I was called to be. 
I was living out this negative promise of nobody pushes me around. And as a result, WYSIWYG, what you see is the defensive person. And that's what you got. If you cross my path and you pushed me, look out. Ritter helped me realize that this is not the way it has to be. God has called me to something different. And I'm working on this. Over the years, I've noticed change, even though I've came to realize it, I've noticed change over the years already without being able to name it. It used to be that as a member of the church, I used to come to church, and the pastor would say, okay, now let's greet everybody with the peace of Christ. And I would say, you can't tell me what to do. I'm not going to greet anybody with the peace of Christ. And there's probably some of you out there who think the same. I got over it. Why was it that I was doing that? I had to ask myself. I didn't know at the time, but I did get over it. My friends, may you grow in grace, right? Perfect example. No pastor is going to tell me to raise my hands or hold one another's hands, right? You know what I'm talking about. You get over it. What's going on inside of me? Yesterday, an incident occurred at the stoplight right here in town. Someone was, I had to wait for somebody to cross the crosswalk. So I was waiting, wanting to turn, but I didn't want to hit him. Somebody else in the oncoming direction was too excited and waving their hands at me, beeping the horn and pushing me around. He started in front of me and I thought, son of a gun. See the name calling? Son of a gun. I'm going to follow him. When he stops in town, I'm going to pull up right beside him and tell him off. I went, he stopped at Tim Hortons. <laughs> I thought, no, I'm going to keep going. See, changes. Sometimes it takes a while. According to verse 24, we are created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. God is authentic in who he is. He shows himself to us. He's the real deal. When it comes to our God, he is WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. And God has called us to put off that falsehood. He's called us to put our fake self away, to speak truthfully to our neighbor in the church and outside the church. That means when we're stubborn or not wanting to be pushed around or whatever we are being, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Then transformation through the power of the Holy Spirit can occur. Allow God who created us to define our life. Allow Jesus Christ who gave himself up for us to define our life. Allow the Holy Spirit who works in us to define our life. That's our new life. Don't allow the world in which we live to define our life. Don't allow our baggage to define our life. That's our old life. Use Jesus Christ as our example for our thoughts, our words, and our actions because he's the perfect example. Rid ourselves of our self-centeredness, our self-preservation, and embrace his likeness. A savior to us who gave up his life for all our sins. A savior who is not afraid to be himself and be obedient to his father in heaven, which, by the way, as we know, led to his death. God has given us salvation through his son, Jesus Christ, We learn about the life and truth of Jesus through Scripture. Through the life of Jesus, we can come to know God more. Think the things of Jesus. Talk the things of Jesus. Act the things of Jesus. Put on our new self. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He lived. He died. 
He rose from the dead so that we could have this new life in Christ today. So let's strive to be authentic people. Let's strive to be the authentic community. And that takes courage, that takes love, and that takes grace. An authentic community tends to get messy and challenging, but it leads to transformation of ourselves and our church. It teaches us forgiveness. That we are forgiven by God and that we can forgive one another. So Jesus calls us to be authentic. To be the real deal. To be who he created us to be. A child of God and having value on account of our authentic Savior, Jesus Christ. And together we say, Amen. Let's pray. God, with, with you, what we see is what we get. You're faithful, you're trustworthy, you're just, you oppose sin, and you are love. And we praise you for who you are and what you've done for each of us. And you call us to put off our old selves and put on the new self through Christ. And you call us to be righteous and holy and to put off falsehood and speak faithfully to one another. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, work in us to live authentically before you and before one another. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, work in us to receive your complete forgiveness when we fail to be authentic and yet continue to strive. Transform us more and more into your likeness, in your righteousness, in your holiness. And it's only in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.